Hello, everyone. This is Kendra Pelch, and I want to welcome you to this week's episode of SalesCast. This week, we're very excited. We're doing something a little different, and we're going to deviate from our normal topics to talk about accountability, specifically accountability as it relates to sales. And I thought the best way to do this would be to interview someone with numerous years of experience coaching and leading in the sales arena, and that would be our own Ryan Maddox. As a special treat, listen for Ryan's four points to ensure personal accountability. Let's get started. Good afternoon, everybody. Today, we're very excited to bring a new topic to the table, something that's a little bit different from our norm, but exciting just the same. We're going to be talking about accountability and accountability as it relates to sales. Now, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. We've been making some changes here at GMG that really kind of focus on accountability, and it's really one of the most misunderstood and probably misused terms in the sales process. It's really often used to catch people probably doing something wrong rather than use it to help them. So I thought it would be a good idea to bring it to the table today and share it with everyone. Um, And to do so, I thought the best way would be to speak to someone who has a lot of experience with sales groups in the sales field, and that would be our own Ryan Maddox. So, Ryan, I'm glad you're here with us today. Thanks, Kendra. So, Ryan, a couple questions really came to my mind when I was thinking about this topic. And the first one would be, um, obviously, you have a lot of experience with sales um, forces. Can you share with us some of your experience and then also your experience with what happens when there's little or no accountability within a sales force? Well, you know, I think that backs up even further to, um, wow, this is so strange because normally I write the topics and write on that line <laughs> and now I just have to answer questions. It's it's kind of kind and of hard relieving. for you, but I think you it can is, handle it. It is. What was the question? I don't even remember. But anyway, so, um, so <clears throat> I think it really starts. I, I know this wasn't necessarily your question, but it, it starts with kind of some proper goal setting, which I'm sure uh, we'll get into later. Um, but before you can be accountable to something, I think you've really got to understand what it is you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of uh, you know sales groups go out and they're just kind of throwing darts everywhere to right. see what will stick and it's kind of the uh, you know the, the flavor of the week or oh let's focus on hotels wait no now we're doing this and oh we're going to try vertical markets and and now we're doing cold calling and you know that kind of thing and honestly you know I've been very guilty of that myself sometimes and um, so I think that's really where it starts is just having a, a clear vision of what your goal is because I, I think until you have that you really can't uh, you know, work things backwards. Right. In other words, I, I guess Stephen Covey from Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, one of the habits was begin with the end in mind. And I think that's really where you have to start. Okay. Well, knowing that, if, if that's what we need to do, um, the next question on everyone's mind is probably how do I do that? Or how do I keep myself from falling into the trap of perhaps setting goals that are out of my reach or not setting any goals at all and expecting to maybe move forward and in that also, I mean, how do we add in accountability measures? I mean, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? Well, I, I think going with the theme of begin with the end in mind, a lot of people really do this uh, backwards. You know, they start with, <clears throat> uh, you know, I guess, I guess a good way to say is they say, oh, I'm already in such and such networking group and there are already blank kinds of companies. So how do I mold my sales process to around fit around that? that? And I really like to start with, okay, what do I want to accomplish? And for me, um, you know, this is no surprise to you, Kendra, but usually these are dollar figures of what I'm trying to accomplish. And if I really begin with that in mind of, okay, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish as far as sales increase? Um, I won't share them on this call, but you know that, you know, beginning uh, at the end of December, I started sharing uh, publicly here within in the organization here right. of what my sales goals were for 2014, what I wanted to see the increases happen. And really, we started by, <clears throat> excuse me, pinning that number up on the wall. And then I, I worked backwards and said, okay, 
what are the two or three things that we can do this year? And I guess that's that's another big part of accountability is having to be very manageable. Mm-hmm. Where what are the two or three things that we can do that would make up that number? That's literally what we did. We started with this very large number that if I walked into the room and just said, this is what we're increasing sales by this year, it's kind of a, a tough pill to swallow. But then when we break it down and say, here's three, I call them initiatives. Right. Here's three initiatives that we're going to work on, and this is what I expect each one of those to do. Then you break down each one of those initiatives and say, okay, what do I have to do on an annual basis? What's the activity that leads to that initiative? Mm -hmm. And so um, I can just share one of the initiatives was uh, specifically had a value of $2.4 million per year. That's what it was going to add to the bottom line. And so we just said, okay, how many of that activity do we have to do to equal 2.4 million a year? Then we backed that up and said, what's the specific activities that are going to lead to hitting that goal? I think you touched on something very important um, while you were stating that, and that's always making sure that your goals are achievable and manageable. Um, Just because we think we may be able to achieve something, we need to be able to manage that in our daily and weekly lives. And I think a big part of that, too, is being able to take a good self-assessment um, yeah. You know, we have to be able to reach the goals that we're setting. And one of my um, my best bosses, Ryan's going to laugh here, has I'm always told me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait and see what okay. I have to say. Has always told me that you know, you're everyone has specific strengths and everyone has specific weaknesses, and we're not all good at everything. So, yeah. being able to take a true self um, assessment on what we're able to truly accomplish, I think, really is a big factor in that. Yeah. And then being able to utilize what we determine and move forward with our goals, but. We can have as many goals as we want, but I found that something that's truly um, integral when you're talking about being able to measure your goals is a measurement, some form of being able to see where you're at in your progress. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, you hit on something, and maybe it's just my personality type, but I find myself almost incapable of focusing on multiple goals. Mm -hmm. Um, In this case... We have one goal, and that goal is to increase sales by X dollars. Underneath that is a sub-goal that has three initiatives, and one of those I shared was a $2.4 million initiative. Uh, there were other ones that, that I won't share, uh, some larger, some you know, some smaller. Right. And underneath that were, were kind of the breakout steps. But, you know, you mentioned understanding your strengths and your weaknesses, and, you know, this is something that I've really learned over the years that – um, you know, when we were first starting in business, um, it, it, you know, this company 10 years ago, but even the company before that, um, you know, I mean, really, I just, I kind of thought I could do everything mm-hmm. and I thought I could work in every department. I thought I could do anything better than any one of my employees. And we were, uh, you know, we, we owned a, a regionally based business before this and, you know, we had locations all over the place <clears throat> and it was not uncommon for me to be out in the other locations, you know, on Saturdays and at, on evenings and other things like that. And I just really thought if there's a job in this company, um, I should be able to do it than any uh, better than anybody. And it was really my first coach. I've had two coaches throughout the years, very valuable experiences. And in fact, just to everybody, I I don't mind saying I have spent over six figures. Um, you know, I've spent over a hundred thousand dollars on coaching. And it was well worth it because mm-hmm. for us, um, the first company I'm talking about now, 
I mean, we were um, we were over a million dollars in sales within our uh, we, we were a million dollar company within 18 months of being open, and so we grew very quickly. I have to be honest and say I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. I was just running around from location to location, trying to do every job, and it was really my first coach that stepped back and and. You know, I really thought I was good at some things. I think right. that's a big I'm, – I'm getting on topic and off topic at the same time. <coughs> Excuse me. I think that's a big thing. Sometimes if you ask people what they're great at, the things that they list are maybe what they aspire to be great at, not right. what they come natural. And I know he really put me in check, and, and he really told me back then – um, he said, Ryan, what you're amazing at is you're you're amazing at coming up with new simplistic ideas to take to market, and you are great at sales management. And those were the two things. And honestly, I kind of as a, as a young CEO at the time, kind of put you off, didn't it? Yeah, it's like you just call me a salesperson. Right. You know what do you, what do you you know I'm a CEO, and um, you know and and really it took me a lot of years to embrace that and to realize he was right. And to kind of delegate those out and fast forward uh, more years than I care to admit now. Uh, but, you know, we sold that first company. We sold the second company. And 10 years ago, we uh, we started an umbrella that we really, the goal was to never have to sell, to be able to, you know, really fundamentally grow all of our ideas. But, Kendra, fast forwarding to today, I mean, you can attest that um, I really stick in a very narrow scope of activities. Right. And I am okay with the fact that I am not the best at all of these other Everything. things. And, um, you know, we we hire all of those things out. Uh, when I say hire out, usually it's W-2 staff that work here in the building because mm-hmm. I'm a bit of a control freak. A little bit. And uh, just a little bit. <laughs> so I like to be able to walk down the hall and, and see these folks. But, yeah, I, I think it was a very long answer to a very important topic, and that is that you really – I guess to tie it together, I'm not sure if this is where you're going, but, you know, when we're starting with one of those goals – right. You know, I have to look back and say, okay, I've got the vision. I know how to accomplish it, but I also know where I'm weak, mm-hmm. and I've got to hire those parts out. And to make that real for maybe some of those that are on the on the call today, um, I think that what that looks like is is maybe you're setting back. Maybe you're one of the people that uh, joined in and is part of the the club that's focusing on two and a half million dollars in R and D sales uh, this year. Mm-hmm. You've got to step back and say, okay, what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? And, and how's it going to get me there? Yeah, if you're an amazing networker and you need to hire sub reps to get out some of the other stuff, then that's what you need to do. And not um, everybody's strength is going to be the same. Absolutely and not. That's why self assessment is so important. Yeah. And I think um, not to interrupt you because I think all that information was very important. But being able to to do this self assessment, I know many of you are probably wondering, okay, how does this relate back to accountability? You can't hold yourself accountable for something if you haven't done a true self-assessment and know what you're able to accomplish. Yeah. Otherwise, you can't move forward at all. It kind of keeps you stuck in this this constant whirlwind of trying to get everything done and never fully moving forward. So I, I guess one of the things, you know, tying all these, these aspects back together, um, self-discipline. Yeah. Once we've discovered what, what we are able to truthfully accomplish, our goals are set, we know you know, they're achievable, they're manageable by our skill set. And if they're not, we've made arrangements to make that happen in some way. So how do we make sure to kind of tie it all together and and just move forward from that point and add in self-discipline so that we can make ourselves accountable? Yeah, you know, this is hard. And um, I think self-discipline, I, I take it from two aspects, and one of which is 
again, being honest with yourself. I mean, I could, if I could decide, okay, I want to, you know, be more involved in our accounting processes here. And uh, so I'm going to hire a coach and he's going to hold me accountable mm-hmm. and all these other things. But, you know, if you're trying to develop a discipline and something that you're not passionate about, uh, it, it can it's be, it can be very difficult. On the other hand, you know, <clears throat> I think anybody that's done any level of business knows that you can't really only do things that you love doing, right? you know, and that's, that's that, you know, there, there's the common thing of, Oh, I've got to get my job that intersects with my passion. Uh, I think to some degree that's true, but I mean, honestly, Kendra, you see it around here. Like I do a lot of things that I don't, don't enjoy, enjoy doing. Right. And I think that's that's where some people have maybe a warped vision of what what we're doing or what, what we do because we're passionate about everything, even the things we are passionate about, have aspects that we have to do and take care of to support that dream yeah. that aren't things we're passionate about. It's how we handle those things. And I think when it comes back around to sales and, and what we're trying to talk about today, the self-discipline side Um, We have to truly train ourselves by being able to do different things. Um, One of them I thought about earlier was being able to use other people for accountability. That's a form of self-discipline. Perhaps you join a group where it's um, a peer group, and that accountability is there. And joining that group and being a part of that group on a regular basis takes a lot of self-discipline. Sitting down Monday to organize your week, making sure that you have your set goals in front of you, making sure you do these small steps of self-discipline to form the accountability, I think is truly important. And when we don't have a regular routine um, and an aspect of how to accomplish that, I think it becomes very difficult. Yeah. And, and again, let me take that in two different ways. One is has to do with, um, you know, I, I don't know. There, okay, let, let's just make a fitness goal to make it easy for a minute. I mean, you've almost got two levels of accountability. Um, you know, one is like the accountability that might be like a friend that works out with you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're going to – their level of accountability is going to be to make sure that you uh, show up three days a week like you said you were going to. And, you know, you guys are going to spar each other on. Like I did 15, you only did 10 and right. you know, that kind of thing. And that's great. But at the end of the day, you know, a peer is not always an expert in – it's not like they know the right – uh, you know the right vitamins to be on and the, and the right uh, healthy eating habits right. and all these things and and I don't know that they're always the best for like goal setting no. uh, you know I mean you may just get together and say uh, I I want to lose ten percent body fat and he says well, I want to lose twelve percent body fat and that's you're just making up goals you don't even know how they relate and so tying that back to kind of uh, you know uh, business I guess in that same way you know. Let's just take, like, there's certain things I'm not very good at. Um, Well, that's hard to say. We could edit that part out, right? Um, You know, part of that is I really hate sitting down and planning my week. Um, It's not something I I enjoy. But because of that, it's something that my assistant has in her calendar to sit down with me on Monday mornings and force me to do this uh, before 8 o'clock. Because if I don't sit down and I don't go through this. So that's one level of accountability. But again, I'm not looking to her to say, hey, what what mountain should I be climbing this year? Those are your decisions. Those are my decisions, and that's different. So there's a difference between someone that's going to help you with the task. And let me talk about that other side that I just mentioned. I really get this <clears throat> in two different ways. One is I, I've used a number of professional coaches over the years, as I've mentioned. Um, two main people that had influence uh, in, in my life. Uh, that really helped us get started and really helped me uh, uh, get to the next level. And so there's that professional level of coaching of sitting down with someone 
uh, from that environment, and, and that's going to really help you talk through it. Those are nice because they're really all focused on you. It's a very uh, one-sided relationship mm-hmm. in that aspect. And uh, the downside is, of course, you're, you're usually paying for this. Right. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there is a free way to do this or a less expensive way. Uh, I guess they're not always free. But that is peer groups. And I have really tried throughout the years to surround myself um, with people that are further ahead in life, further ahead in business than, than I am. And I really... You know, I, I in fact I was just looking into a mastermind group about a month ago that starts in the summer, and immediately one of the things that I asked uh, as I was looking at joining was, "Can I be um, uh, bumped up an in income class?" They make you prove income in this particular mastermind group, and I said, "Hey, I'll join if you can bump me up an income class." And I won't talk about what that class was, but obviously I don't want to go meet with a bunch of people that are doing less sales than me. Right. I want to talk to the guy that's doing double the sales that I am. I want to talk to the guy who's been doing it consistently for 20 years. Um, And and I think those kind of groups can be very valuable. And I'm just going to be honest and say, I don't know that you're always going to find that in your local chamber, in your local BNI. And that's not to knock those groups. I'm I'm very active. Uh, Kendra, as you know, I I dedicate a lot of time to uh, local organizations. And I do get a lot of business out of it. Right. That's not always where you're going to get that level of accountability and or encouragement that you're looking for. It's not like I can sit down and really share my struggles with someone that I'm hoping is going to be a client. Mm -hmm. I I mean, you know, it's that, that causes you by nature. If you've, if you've been courting someone as an R and D client, I can't sit down and say, you know, man, I'm just, I'm running into this struggle and, you know, we're, we're, we keep hitting the same ceiling and how, you know, you just can't say those things. You can't say things like, not that this is the case right now, but honestly, a few years ago, we had huge production problems where in one of our divisions, jobs were taking, um, you know, six months right. and, and things like that because we were just growing so, so quickly and having trouble. And, you know, really through some of that conversation, through mutual friends that were in different industries, by the way. Uh, the downside that I have, no one's in my industry. I can't find anybody in my industry, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and so. But honestly, a lot of the a lot of my ideas have come from talking to friends that own regional mortgage companies, that own you know all, all kind. I mean, you'd be surprised because honestly, principles are principles. It doesn't right. doesn't matter over. what they do. But yeah, some of those you know, I mean, I hear what they've done in their company, and I think while well, they're a they're a $200 million company. I, I, there's got to be something to that. And I see if there's things I can extract from that and apply. And just in that specific example, within a matter of a couple months, we drove production from six-month turnaround to 23-day turnaround. Mm-hmm. And really that came from, and again, no disrespect to any of my staff because I love my staff. But honestly, those ideas didn't come from my staff because if we're all in this together, we're in the middle of the forest you know, looking see. around me and saying, what do you guys think we should do isn't always a, a, a great thing. And so having that level of accountability where I can talk to other people, I can find out that they're experiencing some of the same struggles that I am. And, you know, some people, maybe they're going, maybe I've been through some that they're, you know, I know the, I know the way out and, and vice versa. And so I think those are great. And I, I've been talking for a long time, but I want to share this last part on this. The thing I love about people like that, I really like to surround myself by people that like to push the line. 
Um, so if I, it, I should clarify what that is. Thing. Yeah, not push the line. Not like Bernie Madoff pushed the line. <laughs> like I like people that like to do the impossible mm-hmm. and that are really, and I like to do business with people that like to do the impossible. They're always dreaming and not just dreaming for the sake of their board and what they're currently doing, but like they're making stuff happen. Something accomplishable. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I, that's my accountability, being around exciting people that are doing things larger than themselves uh, makes me come back and want to do things larger than myself. So using an outside element to make sure that you can Absolutely. keep pushing yourself forward Absolutely. forces that accountability. So I think, Ryan, we really touched on the main aspects of what I thought we could bring to the table for everyone on accountability. And during I did a little research just to be able to kind of bring some information to the table. And one of the things I came across was a quote about accountability. And I really think it ties together everything we talked about. No, you did not. I didn't. Why are we talking about it then? No, I'm speaking other of outside people, sources. Other people, outside sources. But really, I think I'm just going to read it right off of my my notes because it really ties together everything we've spoken about and it says that accountability is an attitude of continually asking what else can i do to rise above my circumstances and achieve the results i desire it is the process of seeing it owning it solving it and doing it and requires a level of ownership that includes making keeping and proactively answering for per, excuse me personal commitments it's a perspective that embraces both current and future efforts rather than reactive and historic so I think that kind of really touches on everything we've talked about um, in a nutshell. Being able to really be able to look at our situation, make settable, or I'm sorry, achievable goals, doing a self-evaluation, and then using different tools and outside elements to make sure we're self-disciplined really evolves into a good way that we can force ourselves to be accountable. So yeah. did you have any additional thoughts, Ryan? You know, I think I'd like to leave everybody with homework because that's kind of what I'm, what I'm good at. And, uh, you know, I, I guess I'd, I'd walk everyone through a very quick pro- <coughs> excuse me, process of this. And um, I think really, you know, we're now, we're now into March. And I don't know about for everybody else, but my 2013 was like the blink of an eye. I went mean, it went so fast. So fast. I, I don't even – I mean, and I used to get so upset about it. Until I could go back and look at our accomplishment list. And for us, it, you know, if I can kind of brag on the team for just a second. Last year was monumental. I, we launched the app. We launched uh, a brand new website. Mm-hmm. We launched uh, the blogging platform. We became, you know, a top read in Yahoo Finance. Um, I mean, there's just so much. The entire marketing platform. Yeah. the You know, the marketing system, uh, the portal, the the marketing kits themselves, um, many national partnerships. That's funny because I feel like, man, the year went too quick. We didn't get everything done. And when I look back through that list, I feel very satisfied about what we did. I feel like it was one of our best years, right. um, that kind of thing. And so that really encouraged me to start this year the right way. And this is a process that I began in December. But I tell you, this is the time of year where everybody kind of really Things starts off. just – Yeah, they just kind of quit altogether, I mm-hmm. think. And so this is what I would encourage you to do is your goal – should really be, you know, about two sentences. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to use a uh, shameless plug here. I'm going to use the one that's as part of our advanced marketing program because I think it, it illustrates. And that is, you know, I want to do two and a half million dollars in personal R&D business. You know, that's 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 my goal in sales. And you, if you can't define it that easily, but then you got to work backwards and what we've done with that group is is we've worked backwards and said, okay, what do you have to do to, to do that? And the answer is 
you got to reach out to five people. Everyone's sick of hearing this, but they'll relate. You got to reach out to five people. You got to have two quality conversations. You got to sign one person per week. And interesting to note, that's on a weekly basis. So you're looking a at weekly. a goal for the year, but you have to work it back to something that's achievable on a very small scale yeah. daily and weekly. This is step one. If you don't have that part of it down, accountability really can't help you. It won't factor in at all. This is, I think, where it kind of becomes uh, real. <clears throat> and that is, now that I have this goal, see, I can't just go to my friends and say, hey, I want to do two and a half million dollars in R and D tax credit this year. Hold me accountable if Hold I don't. Hold me accountable if I don't. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's no. First of all, I don't even know what R and D tax credit is, right. and they don't, you know, any of that. But you know, what you do is you get around other people, and I like to call it. I just kind of like to say our goals out loud. And now our operations team hates this because I will get in full staff meetings and I will publicly announce we are launching a new marketing portal and it will launch November first. And I will draw on the board what it's going to look like, and I will tell all the features that it's going to do. And then uh, we have to go make it happen. And then we have to go make it happen. <laughs> I love to declare goals. And if we have to, you know, work 70, 80 hours a week, it's sometimes make it happen, then, then it gets done. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I said we're going to do. And I think, kind of, I don't, I guess everyone on this call doesn't necessarily know the culture here, but I don't. No, many times I say something's going to get done, it doesn't get done. We, I don't think I can name one at all. So. Yeah, we, we rally behind things, and you know, it doesn't mean we don't run into problems and things like that. But you got to start with some sort of real goal in your mind and in your heart of, of what, you're, what you're doing. And i got to tell you, when you're talking, see, first it has to develop in my heart and in my mind. That's step one. You should write this down. I should write a book. <laughs> um, step one, or at least a blog article, step one is I really have to develop this. It has to be like fairly solid in my mind and my heart before I share it. Right. Because otherwise people will talk you out of it. And I think that leads to step two. And step two is really, um, I guess I like to share stuff with people that are not naysayers. Um, you know, I want to get around that people sense. that are going to say like, but what if you did this? And what if you did that? And what if you not... Well, but what if you run into this and what if you run into that? Right. I mean, those people kind of honestly, just for me, by the time I walk away from that conversation, I'm ready to quit. You're exhausted. I want to, in other words, I'm going to say it this way. I want to walk in with a $2.5 million idea to, to my mastermind group, to my friends, to my dinner party. And I want the other guys that I hang out with, by the end of it, they're like, but what if you did this? What if you hired more people? And what if you expanded? What if you, by the time I get done with that conversation, it should be like a $10 million idea. Not a two and a half million dollar idea. And honestly, I'm just going to say, if the people that you're bouncing your ideas off aren't expanding your ideas and adding to it, mm-hmm. stop talking to them about it. Okay. Now you have to talk to the the other people at some point because let's be honest, they're the ones that usually actually make it happen, and I'm okay with that. But in other words, it's got to get really solid in my mind, really solid in my heart before I go talk to anybody about it. And that's just me personally. But then personally, I like to declare it. That'd be step three. So step one, get it, you know, get it, get the idea, make sure it's feasible. Step two, get it around some people that are going to elevate it. And I'm I think that's around. the key get word. feedback and yep. encouragement. But people that are going to elevate it, that's so important. Step three, I like to declare it. And there's a reason why I like to declare it before what I'm about to say is step four. And that is because now you've, you've just said you're going to do it. Um, if I say I'm going to run a marathon, 
first I have to commit my heart that I'm going to run a marathon. Then I want to talk to some other people. They're going to say, yeah, you could, you know, maybe I say, oh, let's do a better example. I'm going to, I'm going to run a half marathon. I get around some friends and they, that, that are into this and they're runners and they say, you know what, Ryan, you can do a full marathon. Really? You think I can? Absolutely. All you have to do is this, this, and this. And then I, I get it said in my heart that I'm going to do a full marathon. Then I declare it. Then you figure out how to make it happen. And I think that's step four. Well, that's that's the wrong way to say it. Then in step four, you're going to work with those people that are essential. But you got to get everybody on board. And I know, again, for, for our goals, um, when I declared back in the summer, we are launching a portal, and we're doing it November 1st. And I got on a whiteboard, and I drew what I wanted it to look like. And the reason we had to draw it was because I, I actually gave you the mission of, like, go find me screenshots on Google of what I think. Should, right. And we couldn't find anything that looked the way I wanted, so I said, our own. let's draw it. That drawing became the framework. And so we declared that. We said, this is what it's going to do. This is how it's going to do it. And we were confident about it. And then I uh, well, and then I sat down with the operational staff and talked to them out of quitting, uh, you know, <laughs> because, you know, and I, I told them, I said, I really think we can do this. And I think this is how we're going to do it. And you know what? I think we launched like five days early, you know, mm-hmm. so it was, uh, it was good, but that would be my thing. I guess the four step process there again is decide clearly what you want to do, how you're going to do it, break it down to a weekly step. Secondly, get around some people that are going to elevate it. Third, Declare it. Make it public. If you don't have a team or a staff, that's okay. You need to declare it to friends. You need to declare it to family. You need to declare it. You need to say it out loud. You need to post it on your Facebook wall. Whatever it is that you just made it public that you're doing that this year. And again, you know, Kendra, about a year ago, I did this with the sales cast. Mm -hmm. You know, I decided the vision for it. I decided what I wanted it to look like. And then I told everyone we're doing a sales cast. And here and, we are a year and a half later. And here we are a year and a half later. And I did miss like a month and a half there in the middle. So, but I think that's, you didn't hold me accountable. So that's, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> so point four, you said decide, elevate, declare. What's your fourth? Fourth one is sit down with, with the people that are going to make it happen and, uh, and actually begin to implement those steps. So, well, that sounds great, Ryan. And I think everyone can really, you know, take everything we've talked about today and put it to use in their own, own lives and, their own accountability. And just remember, you know, only we can truly be proactive about our own success. We can't make someone else make us accountable. We can put those steps in place. So remind, remember that everyone is that, you know, obviously it always ends up falling back on us, but by using specific measures, we can make sure that we are accountable and success will come. So it's so weird. You didn't ask me about like March 15th tax deadline. No, that's, that's like, next week or the week after. I really wanted to deviate. Property this tax, week. what states are filing. This is, this is, this is great, actually. This, I think you enjoyed it. By, by the amount of time you, you were talking, I think you truly enjoyed yourself today. And I know that's I have as well. Then. And I hope all of you have had uh, an opportunity to enjoy yourselves listening to us today as well.